0: The other side of dialogue is to listen and not lecture. Teens who have poor relationships with their parents will often say they never listen to me. And this is true. Parents don't listen to their teenagers, usually because teenagers don't talk to their parents. And it is really hard to listen to someone who's not talking to you. So tonight, let me give you the secret of getting a teenager to talk to you. Put yourself in a position with your teen where for at least one minute you'll be relatively free of distractions. For a boy you might need five. And for that entire time, say nothing. I guarantee, before the time is out, your child will have begun to speak. He will figure that you know something and you're waiting for an opportunity to raise it and he will confess just to get in first. She won't be able to stand the silence, she'll just speak to fill the void. The hard part's not being quiet around her kids, the hard part is finding a place that is relatively free of distractions. Because there is always with the kid a distraction. A television to watch, a computer to play on, a mobile to speak on, an iPod to listen to, a homework to do, ha ha, they're out of here. Fortunately, God has provided the solution to this. It's called McDonald's. <laughs> now, you may not want to eat there after 10.30, but before 10.30, the food's not that bad. <laughs> Run out $5, you get a bacon and muffin, you get a fancy one these days. Hash brown and a drink. Spend $10, both have breakfast. Spend an extra $2, by Alka-Seltzer, be happy all day. <laughs> Why not once a month leave your home for work and school a half hour early and take your kid to McDonald's for breakfast before school? The first time you do this, it'll be horrible. You'll be so embarrassed that your child at this age still eats like that. Your child will be so humiliated to be McDonald's with a parent. The newspaper will be sitting in the magazine rack on the counter calling out to you, read me, read me, read me, and you'll have to resist. The second time you do this, things become easier, and by the third time, you'll actually find conversation begins. Not where you tell your kid what it shouldn't have done or needs to do, but where you just... Chat. Now maybe going to McDonald's is the worst thing you can possibly imagine doing. Maybe your family is philosophically opposed to all things that reek of American imperialism. Then find something else that your child really wants to do and can't do it unless you make it possible and make that thing possible on a regular basis. It might be bushwalking up in the hills. It might be surfing, you know, up the beach. It might be shopping in the main centre, whatever it might be. It might be horseback riding. It might be water skiing, it might be kite sailing, whatever it might be. Find something your child really wants to do and can't do it unless you make it possible and make that thing possible on a regular basis. By the way, this is why I choose McDonald's. Not because I've been sponsored by them in any way, shape or form. I've never got anything free from McDonald's. I don't necessarily endorse their product. It's not that good for you. But I choose McDonald's because going to McDonald's for breakfast on a school day is something kids really want to do. They get to go at night, they get to go on the weekends, but on a school day, it's just so novel, they really want to do it. In fact, especially young teenagers, it's a thing they want to do so badly, they're prepared to do it with you. (laughs) And you see, that's the principle here. Find something your kid wants to do so badly, it'll do it with you and make that happen on a regular basis. A friend of mine is a youth worker, and all I've shared with you now is simply a youth work idea, because youth work is essentially a relational exercise. And this youth worker friend of mine, Tim, thought, if this works for me as a youth worker, it should work for me as a parent. So when his daughter turned 13, on her first day at high school, he turned up at her school at lunchtime, went to her classroom and said, Jenny, I've come to take you to lunch. She says, right, Dad, Mum sent stuff. He said, no, Jenny, I've come to take you to lunch. She said, go away, Dad, you're embarrassing me. He said, Jenny, I'm taking you to lunch. They went and had lunch. She didn't talk to him the whole time, except say, Dad, it's time to go back. It's time to go back. Took her back, didn't talk to him for three days. One month later, he arrived at the school... Went to a classroom again, she looked up and said, I guess it's lunch. (laughs) He said, yep, off they went. Again, did not talk to him. Dad, it's time to go back. Didn't talk to him for two days, talked to his wife, her mother. Mum, you've got to stop him, he's ruining my life. (laughs) One month later, first Wednesday of the month, Tim turned up at the school again, didn't get to uh, Jenny's classroom. She was waiting in the car park. She said, Dad, you wouldn't believe it. All my friends said you'd be here today. They said, how come your dad comes and takes you to lunch when my dad is not even home? in half the time? Jenny finished high school a few years ago. In all the time she was in high school, I think they missed four or five of those Wednesdays together. At the beginning of each term, she would take out his diary and she'd cross out the Wednesdays they were due to have lunch together. The food was not the big deal. Most of the time, it was just sandwiches they both brought. Maybe once a term, they'd go for a hamburger once a year to a restaurant. The big deal was this. They'd get the food over and done with and then she put her arm through her dad's arm and they'd walk and talk. Tim took a risk and made a breakthrough. What risk do you need to take to make a breakthrough of dialogue with your child? And whatever effort or cost it has, the benefit will far outweigh it. Keep in mind that the relationship you develop with your child now is the one that will stay with you for the whole of your life. Be vulnerable. Be open and honest. When you go home tonight, you might like to share with your kids some of the stuff that you've heard here. They know you're here, they'll be curious. A lady attended this program in Adelaide, just here, a lot of years ago. It was one of the first ones I ever did. So I was a bit nervous about it, a bit sensitive. And it was on a Monday night. And I still happen to be in town on the Friday, which I don't like to do. I like to do the seminar and disappear. Who wants to hang around for consequences? <laughs> so here I am on the Friday, wandering down the main street, um, Brundle Mall in Adelaide, and I bumped into this lady. And she said, oh, you presented that seminar on Monday. I said, yes. She said, oh, I'm so glad I found you. I wanted to talk to you. I thought, oh, here we go. She said, I came to the seminar because I've got two sons. One who's 17, who's never been a problem. One who's 15, who's been nothing but a problem for the last two years. She said, when I went home, I really wanted to tell my 15-year-old son I loved him, but he was asleep and I didn't dare wake him up. So I just wrote a little note beside his bed. Simon, I wanted to tell you I loved you. Love, Mum. She said, the next morning, I was waiting to see what his reaction would be. It was nothing. He stormed out of his room like he always did, sat down at the table and said, where's my breakfast, where's my socks? Finished his food, went back to his room. The lady thought, well, that was a waste of time and money. She said, 30 seconds later, my son came storming out of his room with this little note. He stuck it under his mum's nose and said, what's this? (laughs) She said, son, I came home last night. I want to tell you I loved you. You You're sleeping. I wrote to the note. He said, did you learn that at that seminar thing? (laughs) She said, not really. It just gave me the courage to tell you. Oh, he said, what am I supposed to do with it? The mother said, "Well, you know how I feel now, you can throw it away. The boy stopped and thought for a moment and said, no, I think I'll keep it. Later in the day, when she went to his room, you know, to find out where the smell was coming from. <laughs> there pinned up between his Guns N' Roses Metallica posters was this little note from his mum. She said, in the last four days, we've had more conversation than we had in the last two years. This lady was not silly. She knew they would continue to have their ups and downs, but she had taken a risk and made a breakthrough. Again, I say, what risk are you prepared to take to make a breakthrough of dialogue with your child?